0: Well, good morning, and welcome to our service today. Here we are, Lord, your people, your church. We're meeting together in your presence. We welcome each other, and we welcome you. And we pray that you make yourself known to us in new ways through our worship, our prayers, and our understanding of your word today. We extend a warm welcome to Andrew Openshaw. He is our regional minister at the Central Baptist Association. And Andrew will be speaking later in the service. So Patricia is now going to read for us this morning. Thank you. This morning's reading is taken from Luke, chapter 14, verses 1 and 7 to 14. Jesus as a Pharisee's house. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honour at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. then you will be honoured in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbours If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Thank you, Patricia. And now I invite Andrew to share God's word with us today. Thank you, Andrew.
1: Well, morning, everyone. It's great to to be here. Um, As you've heard, my name's um, Andrew, Andrew Openshaw. And um, I'm one of the regional ministers of the Central Baptist Association. Um, um, You you had a, um, a verse for the year. And I can't remember it exactly, but it was basically you know, from Proverbs saying that we make plans and God guides our steps. And I'm kind of in the plans department of the CBA, and although God guides our steps, we need the plans as well, um, because it's in that context of having kind of made a plan that God can actually guide us. Our plans are valuable. And planning and following God's direction is all about the Christian life, isn't it? That's the kind of essence of the Christian life. And sometimes we use this kind of posh word, theological word, discipleship, to mean how do we live the Christian life? How do we follow Jesus? And this passage this morning that Luke um, has recorded for us includes lessons about how we're going to live our life. It's, um, Jesus is at, because uh, I can't do this entirely without my notes, so we're going to, uh, echoes a bit more over here, so I'm getting a little bit of secondary from that mic, I think. Um, anyway, this story that Luke records is a kind of interesting one, because it, it fits into a context that perhaps isn't isn't ours. We recognise some elements of it. This is Jesus kind of going round um, preaching and teaching. And we know he often did that in the synagogues. Because that's where you know, those um, people who were following um, you know, the scriptures, following the God of, of Israel would be. We know where the story was going. But at the time that's where the people that Jesus were, wanted to reach were. They were in that culture, they were in that place, or at least some of them were. But he goes and hangs out afterwards at the Pharisees' house. And that's a bit weird, perhaps, because we'd say, well, weren't they kind of against Jesus? You know, Weren't his disciples saying to him, look, that's really quite, you know, I don't think that's a good plan. You know, come and eat with us, you know, with your friends, with the people who've kind of understood. These seem to be... Kind of not for you. These people are kind of taking you in a different direction. They want to use you and use you for your own ends. But Jesus hangs out with the Pharisees. And sometimes perhaps we need to hang out a bit more with people who are different to us. People who aren't kind of doing our thing. But Jesus is there and he tells the story based on what he sees. And what he sees is kind of a scramble for the good seats. And he says, well, yeah, that's probably not the best plan, is it? What you need to do is not kind of seek out what's best for you, but humble yourself and maybe take the seat at the other end of the table. And we might think this is kind of good social advice. This is good tactics. You know, you don't want to do the walk of shame, so play the game, Play the game. Go and sit at the bottom because you'll get promoted and that'll look much better for you than the risk of kind of getting relegated down to the bottom. You know, this is kind of smooth operating tactics, maybe. And it's not really that, is it? This is about kind of humility, not putting yourself into the best place, looking around, thinking about other people. And maybe it's not about not being greedy as well, not being kind of, not overreaching yourself, not going for what is best. Because you you heard the reading introduced as it's verse 1 and then verse 7, and there's a little chunk missed out. And then the bit that's missed out is a kind of parable of healing, which you might think doesn't actually fit in this story. And this is why this kind of story is always told, um, often told, should I say, verse 1 and then on to verse 7. But it's the healing of a person who's suffering from what we might call now dropsy, which is a kind of swelling of of the limbs. And at that time, with their understanding, would have been often thought about as being a product of greed. Because you see somebody who's kind of large, limbs are swollen, and maybe they're eating too much, they're drinking too much. And when Jesus heals this person, it's a kind of healing of not just a medical healing, but it might have been seen as a kind of healing of... Another condition that was much more psychological, or at least that would have been part of the mix. And so Jesus here is kind of taking people on this journey and saying, well, actually it's not about seeking the best place, advice to guests, and also advice to hosts. It's not about being thanked. It's not transactional. You don't just invite people. Because of what you're going to get back. And we kind of get that, but also, I don't know what it's like for you, but as British people, often, at least in the cultures that I grew up, you kind of want things to be fair. You know, you want things to be even. Um, I remember my mum was always very keen that... um, You know, at school we did Christmas cards, you know, you wrote Christmas cards to everybody in the class or you wrote Christmas cards to a load of people. But I always had to take some unwritten Christmas cards with me, particularly towards the last day of school before Christmas. Because if somebody gave you a card and you hadn't already given them one, you had to give them one back. So you had to have a few spares you know, up your sleeve just in case because this thing was sort of transactional. You know, if they'd given you one, you had to give them one back. If you got invited to their party, you had to invite them to your party, even if you hated the little you know you know. It's transactional. And we kind of get into that feeling and we say, well, you know, and Jesus is saying, No, don't just invite those who can invite you back. Do things where you might think actually you're not getting the right, you're not getting your fair share of the deal. Be humble. Don't be greedy. It's not about you. And this is kind of, you know, in a bigger picture, that the, the gospel, you know, is about this. It's an inside out gospel. It's a topsy-turvy gospel. It's back to front, you know, the rich will be brought down, the poor will be lifted up. Don't seek the best places, seek the worst places, because the value systems that you understand are all changing. And we kind of know these stories perhaps very well, but actually we forget what that means to us. Because, you know, I don't know what your cultural background is, but again, in the ones I grew up, it's all about kind of doing things the right way, being correct, finding your place, being fair, being, you know, coming out of a good place. But Jesus is talking about something that's radically different. It's very different. And it's not about fairness. And it's not about keeping things the same. It's not about kind of mayhem but it's about saying, look, things need to change. I'm saying this is a new thing that I'm doing. And for us as an association and, and, and the churches that we want to walk with, it's kind of saying, what are we being called to be and do now in this place at this time? And it's not about what we want. It's very easy to think that what we want is what everybody wants. It's very easy to think that, you know, actually, what we need to do in a, very, in a scary world, in a world that's, that's, that, that's different, that feels that it's kind of somehow drifted a long way away from the values of the gospel, is to kind of hang on to dear life to what we've got, And actually, Jesus says, no, we need to be humble enough, not just to make plans, but to let God guide our steps. To not go to the head of the table because we think that's what we need to do, but just to say, well, actually, we need to go to the foot of the table. Not just to do things because we think there's a benefit to us, but actually to do things where we know that there absolutely isn't a benefit to us, but perhaps there's a benefit to the whole thing to kind of join in where god is already dancing there's a story that i like and, and again you, you know you might know this one you might find this fresh and exciting or somewhere in between but there was a, there was a chap let's call him i'm a man so let's call him a man and i'm going to go with bill no one here called bill Oh, gosh, that was good. Right, so it's the now, guy's name now, now, now Bill. Anyway, he was in a church somewhere, and they, they had these um, plans and ideas that they'd built up. But he, he decided, Bill decided, for, for whatever reason, that the way to get the money for this thing that they wanted to do um, was that he was going to win the lottery. Now, you can talk about the morality of winning the lottery, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. But, you know, Bill was Bill and that was what he decided. So every week after that, he would watch the telly and the, the draw and the jackpot draw. And he would be disappointed. He hadn't won. And the weeks go by and he hadn't won. he started to pray about this and say, Lord, you know, if I won this money, it would be amazing. I could, we could do all of these things. And he prayed, and he watched, and nothing happened. He prayed, nothing happened. Anyway, this went on for quite a while. And eventually, he was praying one night, and he just went all out. He just did everything. And he threw himself on the floor, kind of literally and metaphorically before God. And God spoke to Bill. There was a breakthrough, and God spoke to Bill and said, Bill, what can I do for you? And he said, Lord, Lord, you know what's been on my heart. All this we could do... I just want to win the lottery and give you the glory and give you the money, and we could do all this amazing stuff. And Bill heard the, you know, the Lord Jesus speaking to him and said, Bill, just one thing I need to say to you about this. And Bill thought, oh, he's going to talk, you know, tell me about the morality of it's a tax on the poor and you shouldn't be playing the lottery and all of these kind of things. And Bill said, Lord, what is it? What is it? I just want to win the lottery. And, and the voice came and said, Bill. Next week buy a ticket. (laughs) She can come again, she's a great audience. But it's that about being engaged, isn't it? It's about our plans and God's guidance. Don't worry about whether it's right or wrong to win the lottery, you know. But it's about getting involved. Another way to think about it is You know, if I'm driving in my car, or if you like to sail, or you've been in a boat, you can't steer a car when it's not going anywhere, when it's just sitting on the drive. I can turn the wheel, but it goes nowhere. The rudder in a boat only works when it pushes against the water. You can only steer something that's moving. So this part of plans and direction is us working together. Walking together in ministry and mission, as the CBA wants to do with the churches, as we all want to do. With God, we don't know what's on God's mind. We might have our ideas, we might pray, we might decide, but we need to do something. It's not a faith through works gospel, but it's to say that God wants us to be co-laborers with him, to work together. And we may never know whether our plans are the right plans. We'll never be certain. We can only say these are the things that we think we should be doing now, and let's see what God does with it. I was at college, you know, relatively um, recently, um, as in, you know, I trained in the early 2010s, and I was a minister in Tring, and there was a friend in my prayer group, he was started to become a minister too, and he was working in South End. And the church he was working for had this huge vision and they prayed for two years and sort of gone. They needed to do a work among students in South End. And so my mate Dan was going to be the leader of this group, and they went out onto the streets of South End where the students were. So they went out, you know, not Tuesday lunchtime. They went out at Friday night at sort of 10 o'clock when life was just getting going. And they were out in South End, you know, from 10 at night till 2, 3 in the morning, Friday night, Saturday night, a few other nights in the week. Six months they kept praying and praying and praying. And they got a few students, but it was hard work. But they knew it would be hard work because, you know, students, the world, the gospel, it's a difficult message sometimes. And they got really fed up. And they said, well, all the, the only people who want to talk to us, really, when we're out looking for students to talk to, are those who are on the streets anyway. Those who are maybe homeless. Those who have some form of addiction, some mental health issues that they haven't really got anywhere to go. And over the course of 6 months to a year to 2 years this huge work that they were planning to grow a church for students turned in to a church that they were growing with those on the margins in South End the down and outs those with a history of addiction those with mental health problems and so they found a premise that it was a barber shop a converted barber shop and they started to meet there on a Saturday afternoon because that just kind of worked and this really took off, and church looked very different for them. And he said, well, you know, we do church on a Saturday afternoon. We can only do half an hour. And then they all walk out for a fag anyway, so, you know. <laughs> and then, we, then they come back in, and then we have another half an hour. But that works for them, because it's contextual, and it's great. And it wasn't, the pl- it wasn't their plans, but they went out. If they'd not gone out at all, they wouldn't have found where God was leading them. And they got it completely wrong, but at least by being out there, They found that that was what was necessary, or at least that's what worked for them and where God led them. So for us, as a CBA, as we seek to work with churches, we want to make plans. We want to kind of do our best to kind of see what God is leading us to do. But we want to do that because otherwise, what's the point of us being here? But we want to be open to what God is doing. And I think that's the message, a message for churches as we go around. And, you know, every church you go to says, oh, well, we're not a typical Baptist church. Because there isn't a typical Baptist church. Everybody's building looks different, you know. You've got big buildings and small buildings. People meet on a Sunday morning. You know, I was at a church in Aylesbury a few weeks ago and they met on a Sunday afternoon. You know, you've got churches, young people, older people, people in the middle, you know. Multicultural, very white, middle class white working every church is different, but that 's the joy of being Baptist is that in our difference, we are kind of together, that in the principles that which the denomination works, we find place, hopefully and continue to find place for everybody, because we want to be humble. You know, humble discipleship, I mean, if it's in front of me, it must be behind me as well. It's about just putting ourselves, not bottom and just being a doormat, but just having that humility to say, well, we will make plans, but we will have our steps guided. Guided. We want to follow, we want to be disciples, not just kind of believers, not just sitting, you know, sitting around and, and uh, trying to understand faith in a theoretical point of view, but saying we want to be caught up in the story of God. We're different, we look different, but we're all trying to be followers of Jesus. We're all looking together in the same direction. And that's what it means to be disciples, to be journeying together, walking together, not in our mission and our ministry, but walking together in God's mission and ministry, joining in, being humble enough to say, well, we got it wrong, but this is what we need to do, but not being so lacking in confidence that we do nothing lest we get it wrong. You know, we make mistakes, we all make mistakes, we're all broken people, we can all look back at our lives and say... I made that mistake and I made that mistake. But God is generous and picks us up. And as the host would do at the table and say, look, yes, you have taken the least place, but come, I have something better for you. That's what we as individuals and churches need to have the confidence to do. And we really need to have the confidence to say, well, actually, I don't even think that's a good plan for me. But I can see that's a good plan for the church. Means whatever you want. This church, a church, the church of Christ globally. That it's not about me. It's about God. It's not about doing nothing, lest we get it wrong. It's about making plans. But it's about having the humility to let God guide us. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you that you are a God who calls us into relationship with you. That you say, come and follow me. That you invite each one of us. Us, a ragtag bunch, perhaps. We look at ourselves and say, who am I? But you love us. You know us so well. You know us better than we can ever know ourselves. There's nothing that we have done that can make you love us less. There's nothing that we can do that can make you love us more. Lord, help us as we make plans about how to follow you. Help us to seek you in things large and small. But give us confidence to do those things, not just to kind of sit back and wait, but help us buy into your great purpose. And maybe our steps will need guiding along the way, maybe we'll head off in the wrong direction, Lord, but give us teachable spirits, give us steerable souls. Help us walk together with each other, with our sisters and brothers in other churches, in this town, across the region. And Lord, as we look back, can we have that pleasure and privilege of seeing how you've picked us up and guided us and set us on your course? Give us that humility. Give us that confidence to follow you. Keep our eyes set on you. Amen.